Hello, welcome to the Agony Uncles. Uh, I am Psy King. And I'm Dave Myers. But today we're not the Harry Bakers, are we, Dave? No. No, we no. are not. No, who are we, bro? Who are we? We're the Agony Uncles. I'm <laughs> Uncle Dave. And I'm Uncle Si. Yes, uncles from another mother yes. and father. Yes. Yeah. Hello and welcome to all of you who've taken the time and trouble to listen to the podcast. And there are quite a few now. It's building up nicely. Yes. Please rate and recommend. Thank you so much. Yes, please do. Anyway, Kingy, yes. I will come clean now. I haven't been too well recently. No. And basically, I've got to have some chemo. You know all this anyway. So this year is going to be a bit quiet for me. I'm not going to be filming. Some of the festivals I'm not going to be able to go to. Some are maybe okay. But this year is a bit of a write-off for us. You know, I've had to speak up about this because, you know, I don't want to hide under a rock. But I'd, I'd love it if people respected me privacy and just let me get on with it and give Sai and our team all the support they need. That'd be great. Uh, but look, the prognosis is okay. I'm going to be fine. Good. I've just got to tuck in, look after myself, eat sensibly and get over this mess, flog books and be a happy person. So within that... That's where I am. And I may be a baldy biker for a while. So it's just a warning. Um, I don't want to make a fuss about it. I look all right, bald, actually. Yeah, no, listen, when I first met you, dude, you looked like an upside-down hell's angel. So I, 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 I like that look. I've always liked that look. You look cool. Yeah, I know, I know. Under, under different circumstances, I would embrace it more, I feel. Mm. Under these circumstances, it's simply something I have to live with. Yes. Get on with it. Yes. And crack on, which is what I think we should do, Simon King. Yes. OK, I, I, right. Well, on the Agony Uncles team today, uh, to pose your problems... It's the one, the only, the thin white duke that is the tonsils of golden heavenliness, Mark Jeeves. Well, that's slightly over-egging the pudding, but thank you. That's very nice. And hello, everybody. It's nice to see you all. Uh, just to let you know, as well as the problems we get, we also get a load of questions emailed. So I just thought I'd just throw a couple of questions in here. These are really quick ones for you to answer. Uh, Sean Devlin has asked this question. Of all the bikes you've ever ridden on all your different TV shows, which was your absolute favourite? The absolute favourite. Uncle Cy first. Yes. And Uncle Dave? <laughs> Do you know what? Oh, when we did go north, I was on that Triumph Speedmaster. Oh. It was kind of perfect. It was like a proper working man's bike. You'd go to work with it every day. It was dependable. It handled well. You could pack your tent on the back and go with your wife on holiday. And that, to me, was what motorcycle was about. So the Triumph Speedmaster, not too exotic, but then I liked the KTMs. Then, yes, then so like, did I. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Then, then I quite like the Harleys in America. Um, oh, no. And, uh, Fundamentally, Dave and I are complete prostitutes when it comes to motorcycles. Whoever will give us them at a, at a relatively low rent to film with, <laughs> we love them. Okay. So yes. that's fundamentally it. That's the answer. That's no answer. And Simon Lynch uh, has also uh, got in touch through social media. He said he'd just done Route 66 from Santa Monica to Gallup, and it was hard on his bum. So mm. he and his wife how, how, wondered how you managed it on the bikes. Or did, he says, did you have stunt doubles? No, no. no we had big, fat-assed Harley-Davidsons. Yes. Ah. You know, the little Ameri- cycling pants. 
tight cycling pants. Uh, it was Mr. Myers that introduced those to me. I didn't I, wear any cycling pants. No, I flaming did because you told, you said, yeah, Kingy, you know, if you keep your bits together, it's smashing. And it's oh, true. It works. No, no, Simon. No, you I was rattling you around like a pair of castanets <laughs> on a pogo stick. Yeah, so, well, you were. I was, <laughs> I was, I was uptight, and, uptight and squashed me. It was great. I yes. must say, Simon, from the back, you look like an excited black pudding <laughs> on a vibrator. It is. <laughs> Badly packed kebab. <laughs> I think you flatter yourself, black pudding. Well, thank you. Those are the answers, but more questions and more problems on the way. Oh, and to help us solve your troubles, oh. resplendent in her daytime casual wear of Louis Vuitton and Tiara, it's Posh Tash. Welcome, Posh. Hi there. <laughs> nice to be back. <laughs> oh, good. Good to have you back. Where's your Tiara? Oh, yeah, it fell off earlier, actually. Or it could be at the cleaners. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. (laughs) Do they have tiara cleaners? They must do. Because you you obviously... I did get a tiara for my 21st birthday. I got an antique tiara. Not that I am that posh. (laughs) But I genuinely got one. A beautiful little ruby in the front. I've never worn it, but I did actually get one. Oh, that's nice. I know. Lovely, lovely. What do you do? You don't wear a tiara out, do you, really? Wait, now Uh, you wear them to bed. Being a bit kinky, you know. <laughs> tiara and a pair of suspenders. Jobs are good. You remember I put out sausage rolls. I don't wear tiara. I've been oh, yeah, that's true. a workman's sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yes. So. Anyway, let's solve some problems. I'm up for it. Dave, uh, play that jingle, dude. I press the button now. Bing, bong, bing, 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 bing. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack Canary? Cause I heard your advice is the best In this week's edition of the Hairy Bikers Agony Uncles Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash You will be casting your caring love on these problems Something soft required A bit of man love A question of Tash's And in Confidential Corner my girlfriend's horrible habit. But first of all, we're going to start off with something soft, and this comes from Linda Moran, and she got in touch with us on Facebook, this was, I think. Said, hi there, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. I need some advice, please. For a family do, I love to cook a roast leg of lamb, but my 90-year-old mum is struggling to chew anything now. I'm thinking of still doing a leg of lamb, slow-cooked, like shanks, so it's guaranteed tender, but I can't really find any recipe. How can I judge the cooking time and temperature? Because I'll have to do it in an ordinary fan oven. I don't have a slow cooker. Any help you can give will be great. And that's from Linda. Right. I always remember, Sai, do you remember when we were in Morocco? Mm-hmm. And the notes on cooking lamb. And people said that the part of the lamb, i.e. the legs and the shoulder that touch the ground, should always be slow cooked for a long time. Yes. Like pink leg of lamb, they didn't like it. And I tend to agree. So do I. Easter, I cooked a leg of lamb, which I must say is sensational, in a fan oven, and really, give or take two hours either way, it's our old one, isn't it, side with the shoulder, you do it with the leg, red wine in the bottom, lance the leg of lamb with rosemary and garlic, put it in the pan, maybe a bit of cumin, seasoning of choice, wrap it in about four or five layers of foil, put it in a medium to low oven for as long as you like. If you've got an arga, I've seen mutton cooked till it's the point of melting when it's been in there for 12, 24 hours. 
that's the secret but lots of foil so the steam doesn't escape and that's what they do do you remember kingy with a shoulder of lamb it almost goes like comfy duck mm -hmm. you can shred it mm, it, it goes that soft mm. uh, uh, what he says what he says is good when you wrap it with the foil do you wrap it so it's like a it creates the air pocket so it steams or do you wrap it tight with the foil so uh, you have to wrap it well Normally, what Dave's referring to is it's a it's a big roasting tin, and then you wrap you you, you literally seal the roast the top of the the lambs in the roasting tin, and you seal it with all of those goodnesses. Where uh, Dave, we always use um, as Dave says, red wine, but we also use and, and oh, you can can or cannot. It's up to you. Uh, the seasons of choice, but we also use um, carrots, celery, and onion just as a trivet mm, yes. on because that and a bay leaf. Whack a bay leaf in there and then do, as Dave says, with all of those lovely, um, with garlic and um, and all of that, garlic, rosemary, and uh, there's just nothing better. Because what you want to do is all of those flavours that are coming off, they're not evaporating, they're going back into the meat and making yeah. that beautiful yeah. gravy. So you've got this soft, succulent piece of meat with put, fantastic cooking juices. So, you know, sometimes you see in roast um, um, recipes, you put the meat balance it on the onion, on the carrot in the tray. Yes. Is that what you should yeah. do, not around yes. it? Yes, I've got to admit, I, I did do that, Key. I forgot to admit it. Yeah, I went through the fridge, even a stick of celery went in there on mm -hmm. this trivet. It's like a bed that all gets sealed in. But what Kingy's top tip was that I have embraced for years, when you make the gravy, you strain the liquid out of the roasting pot. Obviously, that lamb can rest for an hour. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Again, wrap it and it'll just get more tender. So you're left with those wonderful juices and skim the fat off. But then you put everything into a sieve and push the vegetables that are roasted through that sieve. And yeah. what comes through the sieve, mix that and help that to make your gravy. And there's no season, well, season it, but, the, but there's no other kind of artificial flavourings required. It's the most wonderful, wonderful gravy. I've done that before, so I do squash it through the sieve. But I sometimes add a stock cube then and on top of all that with some boiling yeah. water. Can you do that or is that a no-go? Well, you, yes, you, you, yes, you can do if that's what you're going to use as seasoning. But um, you know, normally, uh, what Dave and I also do is we kind of reduce it by a third. So you know, you've got this uh, because that that just intensifies all of those flavour particles into a kind of very rich and deep, savoury tasting mm. gravy. So you can either do that, or if you want the gravy slightly looser, then you know you just season it, add your stock cube, jobs are good. Or thicken it with well, if it's too runny, you know you, you want gravy rather than a jus. Just mix a little bit of corn flour with water. It's the way yeah, our mums yeah. used to do it. Mix that in. The other way, of course, is to do it with butter and flour. But one thing sounds very fancy, but to finish your gravy, it's the Monte au beurre. Oh. And it's just put a knob of butter in the top and melt it in, and it gives it a lovely sheen and a luster. And you can say I, I put the Monte au beurre in, which technically means a knob of butter. Yeah, it sounds delicious. But do you agree, though, you can't have any meat without gravy? You can't serve it dry. You've got to serve a roast with gravy. Oh, yes. My wife yeah. won't eat gravy. What? In, in, <gasps> I know in, in the culture, they don't do gravy. And so sometimes oh. now is before I put it on the table, I throw the gravy on and go, it comes with! And she gets very annoyed. But quite a dry meal. It's the mm. way we're the world, really. It's a culture thing, Tash. Oh, culture. I like my gravy boat, my silver gravy boat. Always sits on the side. Yes, with your, with a, an arm attached to it from one of your servants. Yeah, my little <laughs> finger out. Yes. I, have a Limo, I have a Limoges gravy boat, actually, from the 19th century. Ooh. Ooh. 
Wow. Yeah. I yeah. haven't. I've got a jug made by a Korean potter that, that, that <laughs> <laughs> next to the Ooseburn in Newcastle. <laughs> Oh, King, you're so street. <laughs> I know, man, I'm street Why, I fuck on the dang. <laughs> my gravy bowl was crafted from a clog worn by three generations of miners. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I've scrubbed it, like, to be fair, you know, but life would pretty much... <laughs> it's kind of mad, though, when you think about it, isn't it? You've got, like, Limoges and all of that fantastic... But then you've got this Korean dude who's, like, a potter. In Newcastle. Really? What, what, what? It's mad, the world, isn't it? You never have that. It's crackers. Great. I love that. I love stuff like that. It just blows my mind. Well, the wonderful world of gravy and soft lamb. Food makes makes everything better. Okay, problem number two is a bit of man love. And this comes from Billy who has written to you, Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, who says, Dear everybody, my issue for you this week is about relationships or the lack of them. I'm a 25-year-old, six-foot-three, tattooed, bearded geezer. I can work, I drive, I cook, and I do everything I can to be a good, honest bloke. Yet for the life of me, I can't seem to find a single soul who wants me. I know I'm no Brad Pitt, but I'm definitely no ogre. I seem to have tried quite literally everything, apart from standing in the town centre screaming, Love me! at the top of my voice. I've tried going to singles meetings, which is a bit difficult because I have social anxiety, dating apps, blind dates, the good old-fashioned dates, but never find anything from them. And I feel like I'm already becoming that single-for-life person, one of life's loners. Do the agony uncles have any advice that might put me on the right course to eternal happiness? Because not having that special someone there really does bring me down sometimes. I've been a massive fan of the bikers for as long as I can remember, and it would be awesome to hopefully hear from you. Sincerely, Billy. Over to you. Get out there, Billy, and bash on with it. One piece of advice from an old man who was shy for a long time. You know, I reflect sometime on my missed opportunities because I was too shy to open me gob. I got there in the end, I was a late developer, and I'm very, very happy now, but I would just say, you know, go for it. What am I going to say? No, I don't fancy it. I think I told you about my put-down once that I went on a date, the lady in Mexico. Have I told this story before, Mark? I, I don't, don't believe so. so. No, no. Let's, let's hear about uh, the lady in I, Mexico. I'd, I'd love to hear right. this again. Right. <laughs> class. It was in Puebla, in Mexico, and the fixer, a lady called Rocio Baracas, who was a fabulous lady, um... She tried to fix me up with her auntie, who was an ex-Mexican air stewardess, right? Not unattractive, and I have to say. Not at not all. No, very, <laughs> very fit. Now, I was coming out of a divorce and reluctant to date, as many people in that position are, you know. So anyway, that day I'd spent, dressed as a cowboy, <laughs> cooking tequilas. <laughs> of course. On a bandstand in Mexico. Now, I've got no inhibitions with that. However, stressed as hell about going to, for a date with this ex-Mexican air stewardess, who I can't remember her name. So we met in the bar. All the crew knew about this. Everybody was wishing me well. I was all scrubbed, pimped, and there. I, I, the, the marimba players in the square thought, I've got this. And we're at the bar. She's there, fabulous, sat down there. Anyway, it wasn't going well. We had nothing in common. She didn't like me. Now, I swear on my life, this is the excuse she gave. I am sorry. I have to go. I promised my daughter I would sit on the roof and watch UFOs with her tonight. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> so anyway, I walked back to the crew hotel. I went in there. 
Everybody, well, King, he, he feigns kind of, he feigns kind of empathy for a short while. <laughs> How'd you go, Dave? <laughs> anyway, of course, I told the truth, which resulted in great hilarity all round, and, and then it was like loads of beer and tequila, I was better for my mates, really. But never mind, I got back in the saddle and got out there and in the fight. But that, that was the worst brush-off I've ever had. I called a guy once, I was in France once, and... Um, uh, on a French exchange in my teens and somebody had said oh you know meet this French guy in a discotheque I was about to say bibliotheque but I meant a discotheque and um and he, he took me outside <laughs> and he sat me down on the step and you could see his arm was coming around the side of me and it was going over my shoulder and in my pigeon pigeon French I was trying to be polite so I wanted to say to him look you're a really nice guy but no thanks and I said oh, uh, uh, to him bonhomme and what I didn't realize was that bonhomme is a snowman so I turned around and told him he was a snowman. <laughs> totally frigid, clearly. <laughs> nice. And I bumbled and he just literally looked at me and was like, as if what? And I just got up and went back into the disco. So that was my best year. But I didn't mean to say he was a snowman, clearly. But afterwards, there was oh. much hilarity amongst all the French people that I said that. <laughs> I think, Billy, look, mate, you just, you know, you just keep the faith, bro. You know what I mean? You'd be all right. You just got to, you, if, if you're a bit of a dude and you sound like a bit of a dude... You know, just keep going. It's um, it's frustrating, but and and don't try too hard because if you try too hard, it's not going to come. Yeah, you'll just like you just 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 relax, go out, stop looking. Go. Yeah, stop looking, and guess what happens? It comes and smash smacks you, right in the gob. It's better to be on your own than with the wrong person. So there's no point going and grabbing somebody for the hell of grabbing somebody, which clearly is not because it's obviously. Well, you might just want gratuitous sex. To be fair. Well, I mean, you know, he could, he might just... Silence, silence, don't judge people by your own standards. I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm just saying, you know, he just might want to, you know, get his rocks off. But if he's, but he clearly doesn't though, because he said, didn't he, that he wanted a significant other in his life. So yeah. stop, stop looking, stop making, making an effort and, and, and it'll come. And it will, it'll find you. It will. You know what, though? He may be all those wonderful things, but he hasn't thought about maybe when he goes on a date. Maybe he's that noisy eater like we had last week. Maybe there's something he does that he doesn't realise he's doing. Maybe he taps his foot really loudly or maybe, I don't know, maybe he's got some other thing going on that he doesn't realise. That's what's putting everybody off. You know what I saw the other day, right? It was really interesting. You know, somebody, you know, like people that wobble that, like, like knee. You know, like the leg and they move it up and down on the toes. Oh, on yeah, the like toes. jittery one, yeah. Yeah, jittering thing, thing. I was fascinated by this bloke because what he'd do, right, he'd have two minutes on the left leg and then two minutes on the right leg and then he'd do both together. So he was sitting having coffee like that when he was doing them both together. He could, <laughs> and I was thinking, shit, this bloke's got some skills on him, man, because, like, I would have spilled the coffee all over me crotch. <laughs> at this point with me two legs going up and down like that trying to drink coffee and uh, anyway yeah maybe he does that he used to have such an irritating habit on the phone that if what? it was like a phone date it would have put me off it was like I'd ask you a question when you're thinking you go <laughs> yes I did used to do that. oh I used to drive me mad you only got the mobile phone in your ear honestly it was like somebody treading grapes in Wellingtons inside your head and oh. I did do that sounds like Hannibal Lecter Still, yeah, he doesn't yeah. do it anymore. Did you actually call him up on it and say, Sai, stop that sound? Yeah, I did. He used to go, Will you stop doing that, Kingy? I'm going, What, dude? What? Because he's sucking your teeth again, am I? Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. No, no. And then, then, then you know, his love life improved no end. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, there we go for Billy then. So uh, check your annoying habits, first of all, and then uh, stop trying and everything yeah. will come your way. It will. It just, just be zen, dude. Be zen. Be zen. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. Problem number three is a question of Tash's. And this isn't you, Tash. This is Mustaches from Sam, who says, Hi, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. I've been a fan of you guys since I was small. And I've decided recently to grow a handlebar moustache. But I Good have no, no idea where to start. Where do I begin? What trimmers and scissors do I need to buy? You're my inspiration, Dave, but how long did it take you to grow your glorious moustache, as Sam describes it? Well, over to you. Well, I think the older you get, the easier it becomes to grow facial hair. Because obviously there comes a point where you can nearly platch your ears. Um, but your top <laughs> lift gets more hirsute as the time goes on. I mean, first thing, my mind was getting longer, so I, I invested in some wax. And I found out if I just went, Broop, it would curl at the ends. Then I think in 2013, maybe 2012, I was barren hard up in pantomime. And I grew a handlebar moustache. It just happened. My wife liked it, so I kept it. But then over the years, you do need to groom it. And I use a, a product called Dr. Dietmar's Bavarian Moustache Wax, which wow. is like human super glue. It washes out and I get it from Bavaria. And, and that's great. It even keeps, you know, it keeps it, you know, erect, erect even on the motorcycle. Yes, yes. But, you know, the problem is now, once you do that, you're a slave to it. Now, at the minute, I'm pretty casual. Because if I don't wax my moustache up, when I have my chucky egg in the morning, I tend to eat my face, which is horrible. Um, so actually, you know, it's, it's, it's coming in. It does take quite a bit of grooming, really. You see, yeah. King has kind of got the tash, but it's always neatly trimmed. Well, yeah, because Dave used to go, you've got a prawn in there. What do you yeah. mean? And I was like, have I? No, it was your beard you used to yeah, have food Yeah, my beard. In. I used to always get beard no. in me, for food in my beard. And like... Um, there was this one day we were on a train in Vietnam. <laughs> and, uh, and I took this drink. I don't know how I'd got my beard in it in some way, shape, or form. And then I went, oh, yeah, do you want a bit? And he was like, I'm not drinking that. There was, look at it. It's like, it's like Bula base on the top of that coffee. It's oh, it horrible. Was. Tash, it was like a rum toft. <laughs> You know, it was, oh, it was. It was like, you know, when you're kids and there's always a kid when you pass the lemonade around, he leaves tadpoles in the top. Oh. This was a full, this was a full-blown aquarium. Oh, that's that, horrible. That's so I've been on the road for six months. Get over. Um, it was nutritious. <laughs> Fish oil. Um, I want to know, though, Dave, with your moustache, does it, is it like, uh, you know, everyone else's hair, where you do it in the morning and then by the end of the day it's all a bit floppy and you haven't, you know, your hair's not as done as it, not salon perfect. Does your well, moustache through the day, does it droop? Do you have to keep preening it all day? Well, there's various forms of moustache wax, you see, depending on the texture of your moustache. There's like this, this Colonel Fawcett's lip stiffener, which for the man with the more gentle beard, it, it, it does last all day, but that's quite soft. So you, I have a little comb in my pocket. I haven't got one now. A little foldable comb. And with Colonel Fawcett's, you just push it that way, that way, and it's back. I love it. With Dr. Dietmar's, nah. It's like sometimes, you know, if I, if I don't wash my face before I go to bed, I wake up with it still perfect. Wow. I wow. wake up looking like the great Wallendo. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? 
Um, but as I said, it just doesn't shift, does it, Keith? Sometimes, uh, oh. you know, sometimes on the motorbike, if it's been raining really hard on my face, I, I do get off the bike, I'm like a walrus. Yeah. Because there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. But, but so, like, to be fair, even even wind, you know, even, you know, getting a batter in with the wind, it doesn't shift. I mean that I I, I will I am a, I'm the testament to to viewing that it it's like we've been through all sorts of stuff and it's still there erect and pert. Yeah, some sometimes in Bavaria they do have moustache competitions where some people have not one handlebar but three levels of handlebar. Wow. It looks wow. looks quite absurd. I have heard some students who who you know the hirsute ones who managed to grow and the skint they sometimes use prit stick. Not that I'm advising it because I can't think how the heck you get it out. No, it's very trendy though now, isn't it? If you go down to Hoxton, it's like the, the, beard, yeah. the beard's been trendy for a long time, but the moustaches, the big moustaches are becoming more and more popular now, I think. So there's got to be product over here with people, you know, doing it more without having to go to Bavaria. Can you get your Bavarian one here? Or do you have to get it from Bavaria? Yes, but it's got quite expensive since Brexit, but that's another yeah. tale, really. It takes yeah. a while to come through. But, but Dr. Dietmar's is the, is the one in a little tube uh, that, that works. But yeah, there's loads of products out there. Loads and loads. We got sent some, didn't we, by... Uh, yeah, it's Adam. really good. It was really good. It, was it Canny or King's or something? Or, uh, no, we have, there is one called King's. Uh, there's Canny, I think, Canny Beard Products uh, uh, up in Newcastle, and they're really nice. And they're scented as well. Yeah, so nice. you have Saddlewood, Lang Lang. Oh, nice. Um, you know, men's grooming, it's lovely. Like your beard, you know, when, when you're in the morning, you put some stuff through it, brush it through. And obviously you have moustache combs, folding and otherwise and beard brushes as well you buy um that, that, that are like a, a nice soft and you know you put your wax on in the morning and hey you know it's just part of grooming you know uh, they uh, like crufts i use me hairbrush on mine <laughs> your airbrush me hair me hairbrush oh your hairbrush because well, right. i don't use it for me hair so i thought well Dave told us to get one of these real... Well, anyway, he said, can you go and get a brush, man? You need a brush. So I went, yeah, all right. So off I went. I got this brush. Then it was one of those round things that girls put curls in. You know, well, it was the only one they had. So I just bought that. Round airbrush. And then, uh, and I thought, well, I'm not going to use that in my ear. So uh, I use it on my beard instead. But I don't understand. So your beard is quite tight to your face. Yeah. And you must have another hairbrush for your hair. Or are you now saying you don't brush your hair at all? I don't brush my hair at all. No. Wow. But actually, sometimes when we get off the motorbike when we're filming, because I do brush what's left of my hair, and uh, I have been known to look at Kingy and throw the hairbrush at him, <laughs> and he, he he will he will groom himself in his motorcycle mirror before he makes an entry into the house. There used to be a time your your hair's changed. Do you remember when it was very well? It was still thick, but when it was very blonde, yeah. and you used to have it cut quite short at the sides for for grooming sake. And you, you used to have a be well. Oh no, man! I look like Angela Lansbury. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. You know, I've got up in like a beehive. Angela Lansbury haircut. Up the dunder was now sweet Mary Jane. God almighty. I'm not going back there. Look at that. I look like Andy and God, I. I remember at your wedding it was funny because remember we, the Italian restaurant we've been into and all the Italians had that little thumb piece. Yeah. You, you, so you know, funny. like just, you know, like the little yeah. tiny beard under the lip anyway. Yeah, yeah. So Kingy... Apart from the fact you were quite a large man at that time <laughs> and with a large head. Uh, no offence, mate. No, no offence. Yeah. On the skinny Italians, that little thumb piece looked quite good. Yeah. However, on Kiggy's big Swede, 
What can I say? It, it was like a post. Oh no! It was like a postage stamp on a battleship. Oh, I love it! I love it! <laughs> I remember going. He goes, "Yeah, dude, what do you think of this?" He goes, "Nah, Kingy." <laughs> it's like, oh fuck it! I kind of take it off now, man. You know what I mean? It's like, what am I going to do? And he's going, "Oh god." No, we've we've yeah. No, I think Dave despairs. Because, uh, you know, don't forget, Dave was a professional makeup artist for years. Of course, and yeah. It's like, and it's like, he just looks at us and goes, oh, God. But one thing you don't realise is, underneath Kingy's beard, he's got a Kirk Douglas chin. You know, the dimple in the middle. Have you? Yeah, proper okay. Kirk Douglas, yeah. Yeah, it's like not it. attractive. Little bum chin. Why did you cover it up? He's a dirty biker. Yeah, 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 okay. There's a professional side to that. But I'm just saying, you yeah, didn't cover it's... it up on purpose. That little dimple's great on men. No, no, I didn't cover it up on purpose. Well, it's because I've got a fat face, so you never could see it anyway. So I just thought, <laughs> sorry, I'll wear a skin on groby beard, you know. Well, you haven't got a fat face anymore. No. Oh, I might get it out. I'll just shave it there. No, no, your beard's <laughs> a good colour, you see. Since your beard's gone white, you know, in that kind of... You know, Kenny Rogers sort of way. I think it looks really quite cool. The colour's good, you know. Is this? Yeah, yeah, it is. You know what? I can talk about my husband. So we were talking about yesterday. So he's bearded, but only a fine beard, really thin, not as big as either of you. But he's got a really, um, it's not all over beard, but he's got a goatee within it. So the goatee around the edge of the, the moustache and the bottom of his chin is all dark. But the inside of the chin is white. And then he's salt and pepper up the side. Oh, and nice. I was saying to him, you, you, know, you see somebody so often... You can't see it, but he went away for the weekend. And when he walked in, I suddenly looked and realised that he's got half a goatee, half a beard, half a thumb point from an Italian, a white bit there. I think it's a funny old mix. So when we were talking about how do we groom him, but I don't quite know what to do. He did accuse me, said I've got to groom me first before grooming him. <laughs> Kingy, do you remember when we were on this morning? Yeah. And they had some groomers from a really good barbershop in London that, 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 that saw to us. You go there a lot, and I've been there back, and actually they are really good for men. Who, who are they, Kingy? Ruffians. They're, they're, they're brilliant. And, and they, you, you go in, you have the crap, they give you a cup of coffee. That's such a great, it's a great organisation and a great company, actually. They're, a, they're, a, they're, they're good, they're good. So, um, yeah, no, ruffians are good. Yeah, they're good. And, that, and uh, the, there's some in London and there's some in Scotland, I think, as well. Yeah, right. proper, proper men's barbershops, yeah. but, but, but funky, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I like that. Cool. Send, send them there. Well, if you're down, if you're down, now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, send an email to, the ugly to the agony uncles. It's time for Confidential Corner now, and Confidential Corner today is called My Girlfriend's Horrible Habit. Oh. I require a male and a female name for this, please. So, uh, Uncle Si, a male name from you, and Uncle Dave, a female name from you, please. Nigel. Nigel. Leslie. Nigel and Leslie are respectable With an couple. I. Of course. <laughs> Spelled <Obviously>. properly. <laughs> uh, dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave, and this comes from Nigel. I have a very delicate issue. I would appreciate your help. For the last few months, I've been dating a very lovely lady. She's a similar age to me, 48. She's kind, fun, a sensual, caring lover, and is generally lovely in every way. Well, almost every way. One element of her behaviour is driving me mad. If she's making toast, not only does she stab big holes in the butter rather than scrape a nice neat slice off the top, 
but she also leaves toast crumbs in the butter afterwards. If she opens a new packet of granola, rather than cut the top off neatly, she rips it open like an animal. Sometimes the whole bag splits with the obvious unnecessary spillage. Cheese is often cut at an angle rather than straight, and worst of all, rather than carefully remove the foil top on a new carton of milk, she just punches a hole in it with a spoon, so it goes everywhere when you pour it. I've tried very hard not to let this bother me, but when I found my toothpaste squeezed in the middle rather than at the end, it almost sent me over the edge. You two must have annoying habits that wind each other up, so I'm hoping you might have a solution to my problem with Leslie. Please help. And that comes from Nigel. Over Nigel. to you. Uh, right. Nigel, get over your neurotic self. I mean, look, get a grip of yourself, will you? I mean, look. It, she's lovely in every possible way. Those small things, it's called compromise, Nigel. And it's a relation and in relationships you have to compromise. So who get the world's not gonna win because your toothpaste has been squeezed in the middle and she's left crumbs in your toast, you flaming lunatic. Do you know? Oh. Just chill out, dude. No, Nigel, I'm with you. Oh, oh no, God. I put up with that. Oh good grief, no. No. <laughs> no, uh, butter. It's so important. You know that there are no crumbs in the butter. Mm. Toothpaste needs squeezing from the bottom. As for puncturing your milk, no. There's a way of opening it. Nigel, you need to demonstrate how to do it properly in a civilised society. Don't you agree, Tash? Well, I don't. I'm with Sir. Oh! I do think there are some things, you know, everyone gets annoyed with the little bits and bobs. You know, my husband hates the fact I always have tags hanging out the back of my clothes when I bought them new. And I, I do bust open the packet of a cereal packet. It might go over. I mean, there are some things. you just got to nag it. You nag them. You go, oh, change it. You tell them. Don't let it harbour away inside and then ruin your relationship over it. Just yeah. say, squeeze it. I, every so often I go around and sort... I do agree with the toothpaste one, actually. I do like to roll it up from the bottom and let that come out. I do do that, Dave. I'm on your side. Yeah, well, that's okay. You know, and to be fair, Kiki, you're a really, you're a really tidy person who looks after all that stuff yourself. Your house is always immaculate, and actually, you know, in terms of that, you, you, you're. It would probably drive you mad. The lady came into your house and disrupted your routine because you do live a very tidy, ordered life. I, I, I do, I do, but I don't mind. Like when the kids come, do you know what I mean? And then, and if they were, yeah, no, yeah, that's your But they're not either. sharing your toothpaste, really. And it's only for a weekend, so you can fix it afterwards. But when you're living with somebody, you want it done right. I was just thinking Nigel should perhaps offer to make the toast for her. And then she never has to go near the butter. He can do his own knife thing and keep it all clean. Or he just has to get over it and go round behind her into the fridge, scrape off the crumbs, put them in the bin, suck it up, just go, you know, that's her you know, tut a little bit, and then off he goes again, if he really wants it that perfect. Well, the thing is, but life isn't that perfect, is it? You know, it's like... Yeah, in the scheme tiny... of things, it's un... yeah, it's unimportant, it's... isn't it, really? Completely. Tiny things. Completely. I mean, look, it's different if what happens is she's standing at the bus stop with him and she's scratching her bum. You know, and, you know, and she's got her arm down her pants. Or, or she tells the milkman to fuck off on a regular basis. I mean, all of Stop that. Stop swearing. You said oh, two F words. You're going to you know, the bleep button. Oh, sorry. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like crumbs in the butter. Oh, Nigel, get a hold of yourself. It's a compromise, isn't it, really? It is. Sounds like you're getting on all right, really. Yeah, smashing. Just, yeah. Know, stop it. Are there any things that are un unacceptable? So, for example, uh, I do believe that the toilet roll must always go on and hang from the back. Can you pull it down from the back rather than the no. front? Uh, yes. 
I mean, obviously, that's the right way to do it. And then, you know, because you go into one and it comes off the front and it's like, well, that's wrong. And some of them you oh, can't why? turn around. Well, it's just wrong. Uh, it just oh. it just is. Loose, loose seats need to be closed after every movement. Oh, OK. Mm. Toilet roll, just changing the toilet roll. You've got to take... If someone leaves it empty and doesn't change it... Oh. I even do it in a public toilet. If I can change it, I will. No... You've got, to, you've got to leave people with paper. There's nothing worse. My well, family are rubbish at it. Only I change the loo roll. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And which way do you put it on? Well, I don't think about it, I'll be yeah. honest. Mark, you are So, okay, so uh, let's just wrap this up for Nigel here. Let's just wrap this up for Nigel. So, uh, a word of advice on whether Nigel needs to uh, just let it go by or whether he needs to do some training on Leslie. Uh, Uncle Dave. I don't believe that anybody should train anybody else, especially in a relationship. I believe that you can kind of live with it, get a compromise. And, Nigel, don't sweat the small stuff. Uncle Si. Get over yourself, Nigel. Compromise, and as Dave says, don't sweat the small stuff. There are bigger things in life to enjoy, love, and be joyful about. And super posh tash. Get over yourself, Nigel. (laughs) (laughs) Get on the butter. Just buy spreadable. Because then the crumbs will come off with the spreadable. Perfect advice. And buy toothpaste in the bottle, those little squeegee bottles. Mm. Then it's got no middle. Think, think, can he, Nigel? Get over yourself. If, if your life's in a mess, mess then the email address is the agony uncles at the hairy bikes.co.uk. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks so much for uh, for listening again, which is always lovely because um and thank you so much for your problems because actually if we didn't have them, we'd be simply nothing. Yeah, but there's always room for more with a new podcast out every Friday. So do send in your questions and problems to Agony Uncles at thehairybikers.co.uk That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk And remember to follow the podcast, tell lots of people about it, tell people that you don't even know about it, approach people in the street and say, have you listened to the hairy agony uncles? And if you haven't, you should. So thank you for doing that in anticipation of world dominance on the podcast front. So, from Posh Tash... Bye-bye! From the Thin White Duke... Ah, bye-bye, bye-bye! And above all, us. Have a great week. We love you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, gang. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.